Live Wild's Connection Matters podcast, bringing together heart-centered, nature-connected, curious people who share the inquiry, how can we create a connected and meaningful way of living that brings more health, happiness and growth to our world? My name is Leona Johnson and I am your host. Hey, welcome to episode 29 of Connection Matters podcast. It's really lovely to be here with you again. It's really lovely to be getting back into the swing of things. I feel like I've been a bit off radar. I don't know how long for, I guess since my gran died. And although I feel very measured about, you know, my gran was 90 and people die and I have lots of healthy ways of being with grief and sadness and processing that in in a good way I've just got this heaviness a heaviness that I can't explain it's not depression and I'm not it's not like I'm thinking about my gran all the time obviously more more than usual because it's very current and we've just buried her but I'm learning a bit about grief, I think. And I'm grateful for that. And I think it's going to help me to be more empathic in the future. Because it's really weird. It's really weird. I just feel flat. Maybe it's something else entirely, you know. It wouldn't be surprising as we we did just bury my gran. Uh, less than a week ago but you know I can only imagine what it must be like for people who lose people before their time you know and um, suddenly and in extreme circumstances and even without all of those things you know I can I can sense a little bit how it how it's just different for people for different people so yeah, I'm grateful for that today and I just thought I would share that with you because it's really, really present in me today to be really authentic and be with that. What I'm bringing to you today is a conversation with Claudia Van Gool, who is a friend and we've trained together and worked together. You'll hear more about that in the actual podcast, but I was really excited to bring Claudia because... What she talks about is plant communication in this discussion, but it's also that deeper thing of really deeply being in tune with yourself. You know, it's only when you're really deeply in, in, in tune can you notice when something is different because we push down so much, don't we, just to carry on, just to get on with the busyness of life and look after children or um, maintain our commitments. And actually since I've been really in tune with myself um, a lot more than I ever was before I, I, I do feel things a lot more intensely but I also process things a lot quicker you know I'm not holding on to things I'm not constantly in confusion I think confusion is is not a healthy energy actually so Claudia Van Gool has followed a nature-inspired path of work whilst gathering a wide variety of tools and techniques to help bring about a regenerative world. She works with organisations, groups and individuals using permaculture, environmental management, eco-facilitation, deep nature connection and ceremony. 
She's gathered many skills through training and practical experience, gardening, preserving, foraging, basketry, living willow structures, straw bale and cob building, bushcraft, herbal medicine and, and more and more and more. And once she started on the permaculture path, she got hooked and also started teaching and consulting on permaculture. This led to a particular social permaculture interest. So in practice now, what work looks like is permaculture teaching, coaching and facilitation, women's deep nature camps and days and fire skills and plant connection workshops. Also Active Hope, she works with the, the work that reconnects and Joanna Macy's great work and sweat lodges so anything that helps us connect to ourselves others and the natural world so I'm sure you'll agree she's in the right place we're all interested in that here in recent years she's been involved with Extinction Rebellion mostly focusing on regenerative cultures local climate action and deepening her curiosity for ceremony herbal medicine and plant connection so I hope that you enjoy this conversation it really helped me to understand how deeply I do know plants now, actually. I went, I did go into the conversation a little bit like, I don't know what plant communication really is, you know. Having this idea that when you think of communicating with the other than human world, and as there are some people who really hear sentences, you know, words, stories, things that you should, instructions, and that's never really happened to me apart from on one one or two significant occasions and it's not how it happens for me generally anyway let's say and um through talking with Claudia I, I realized that of course of course I have a deep connection with with plants and trees and the other than human world and I'm sure that when you listen to this conversation you'll realize that you do too and that maybe it's something worth deepening so if you like the podcast, if this is new to you and you've just joined us, then please do subscribe. Just hit subscribe on whatever app you're listening on. And that means you'll get all of the latest episodes into the inbox. And if you really like us, I would really appreciate it if you would support us on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Connection Matters Podcast. And you can support us for as little as £3 a month for all those who already support us so grateful that you're still with us it really 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 feels special that you're supporting us and i'm um, looking forward to lots more exciting episodes in the next months and finally if you want to get in touch with us um then email me it's connection matters podcast at livewild.org.uk and the website is www.livewild.org.uk. Um, that will get a message straight to me. And I'm much better at answering emails there than I am on any social media platforms, I'm, I'm afraid to say. So we are on social media, but I'm, I'm not very alive on there at the moment. I much prefer speaking to people or, yeah, having direct communication through emails. So there you go. There's your invitation. I hope you are well and... Yeah, enjoy Claudia Van Gool. Hey, Claudia, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for joining me for Connection Matters podcast. It's really nice to um, connect with you again. Yeah, likewise. I would love to um, 
I'm going to share some gratitude because we like to start with a bit of gratitude. I'm I'm grateful today for the garden in my house. I moved here a few months ago and as the season has gone on every week there's a, a new plant or a new flower and at the moment there's like I don't know 20 different types of flower in my garden which is just amazing. I don't know anything about flower gardening but I'm really grateful to have this a little oasis in the middle of the estate where I live and um, filled with gratitude for a ceremony that I went to this weekend where um, we took a load of the flowers from my garden. I was able to take flowers and um, it was a rites of passage ceremony for young women and they all at the end of their 48 hour ceremony they had like these um what do you call them around your head like wreaths um crowns of flowers that were from my garden and I just felt so yeah so well it was just such a beautiful nourishing experience anyway but to be able to contribute beauty in that way was really lovely and something I've never really done before either paid attention to to flowers that are uh, from the garden so yeah how are you and what are you grateful for um, yeah, I'm good. It's a really beautiful day. Um, I'm actually in Holland at the moment, where I'm originally from. Um, and my gratitude is uh, for uh, my dad, who I'm here for. Uh, and when I travelled over to, to come here, he I, I, I left in a rush because it sounded like he was on his deathbed. And by the time I arrived, he really wasn't. So I'm really grateful for his... Um, incredible uh, vitality and stamina and a sense of humor and he's just shuffling around the house and um uh yeah just it, it, there's jokes of him sort of playing phoenix quite a lot like you keep thinking that's it and then he pops back up again <laughs> so um yeah it's really just grateful for hanging out with him in a in a just a relaxed way and spending some time and uh, uh, and and re- rediscovering a bit of my my culture. So usually I come in a rush in a few days for a few days and back home again to England. Um, and this time I'm just hanging out slowly and and just sitting and observing and 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 recognizing bits that are also part of me that I don't normally um, really encounter very much anymore. So I'm, I'm rediscovering my culture, my personal culture, my background a bit more. So that's yeah, I'm really grateful for that too. Plus the lime trees that I'm looking out onto that are flowering. Mm, nice. Yeah, it's funny whenever you, oh, thank you for sharing that. And whenever you witness parts of yourself from maybe times gone by, you know, whenever you're around family, I'm, I'm about to go off up to Scotland to my grand's funeral. And it's a funny thing about funerals. It's, it's the time when you often get to see all of your family together and so I'm strangely looking forward to it going and celebrating the life of my gran um, who was fabulous by the way but um, but but also seeing all my cousins and relatives and parents and great aunts and all of that uh, life in a place that I spent so much time in whenever I was young and and maybe won't get to spend so much time in anymore because uh, now that my grand's died, everyone else has left that area. So, yeah, it will be a, a strange one, but yeah, always interesting. 
So yeah, thanks for sharing that and inspiring me to share that little bit as well. So I will share a little bit about how we met. We met through, well, I believe the first time we met, we were at uh, an event that Sal Gencarelli of the Helpers Mentoring Society was holding in East Sussex. And it was the beginning of a life initiation and rites of passage training that I had joined and Sal for anybody who's interested is uh, someone who I've already spoken with for the podcast nearly a year ago now I think so if you're interested in going back he's a fabulous teacher and speaker and mentor Um, and we met there and discovered in that first weekend that we both had lived um, very near each other I grew up in Cornwall and um and you lived in, had lived in Liscard, which is in Cornwall, which is where I went to high school. Um, and then, then from that conversation that you'd done permaculture and all sorts of other connection-based work that um, was really inspiring and interesting and exciting. And uh, yeah, and since then, oh, that was quite a while ago. That would have been like six years ago. Um and since then, uh, we've just been aware of each other on on our... Oh, also, we knew each other through Annie Spencer, I think. So, Annie, um, I've also interviewed Annie for the podcast, if anybody's interested. That's one of my favourite episodes. So, do go back to, to speak with Annie. But we, we've both worked with Annie as well. So, And then, I think it was a couple of years ago, we spoke at um, an event and I told you that I was interested in doing this podcast, that I had this idea for speaking with people about connection. And you were one of the first people I told about it. And you were one of the first people to say, if you do that, I'd love to talk to you about my work with plants and about plant communication. And and I thought, Woof, what is that? Um, I'd love to know more. I've worked with plants in some ways, but I think there's definitely a whole lot that I need to learn. So I'd love to know what that means to you. Um, I'm not sure that I can give a straight answer to that because because I'm still finding out what that means. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's definitely a real, um, I know it exists. I know people do it. Uh, and particularly in Indigenous uh, tribes, still uh, the the medicine people would uh, know what plants do because the plants told them. That seems to be how um, medicinal knowledge is uh, acquired. Um, so I've, I've always had that curiosity about how does that work then? What is that? How do they know? How, what, what is the communication? And um, I think there's many ways. Um, and part of what I'm finding out is what those many, many ways are. I think, I think that's partly um, what, what I'm here for, <laughs> is, mm. is to, uh, to explore the oh so many ways that, that we can get closer to plants and, and somehow relate to them as other beings and communicate in, in the lucid sort of sense as in obtain information, uh, exchange information, I should say. And um, so what it, what it isn't for me anyway is that I'm in front of a plant or think of a plant and, and it whispers in my ear, uh, sort of, hey, Claudia, now you should really do this and I can help 
and do that. Mm-hmm. That's not how it goes for me. But I, I do have a friend that does get that. <laughs> literally a, a sort of almost like a voice in your ear. Uh, but I think that's rare. So for me, what plant communication is, is more a, it's a felt sense thing. It's a, uh, increasingly, the more I do work to do with the body embodied feeling into things, using the senses, increasingly it's my body that indicates to me that something is going on between me and, and the plant. Um, and I've come to recognise certain uh, almost like shudders um, in my being um, that that indicate connections on and, and that same shudder happens in, in other communications with, I guess, um, uh, yeah, more of a, on a, in a spiritual level. Um, uh, for me, I've, I've come to understand that as, as okay, we're, we're in, and then there could be additional information about where in a body you, you might notice things is that um, tell you something about that plant and how it interrelates. Um, but, but one of the key things I have learned is that whatever the communication is, it's unique between me as as this individual and that plant, and that somebody else standing next to me might be having a communication and it would be a different thing because mm. it, it's about the interface between those two beings. Mm. Uh, and and because we're different, it's not going to be the same thing necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mostly it's, uh, and some people might recognise this, and, and I think it's the, a sense of, what tells me that there is connections also is there's a sense of recognition, uh, a, a a feeling of, hey, I know you. Uh, and when that first happened, um, that that was like a, a bit of a, a breakthrough, and that's many years ago. Um, and now it's definitely a, when I go to other places, I recognise certain plants and there is a, oh, you're here mm. thing. And that's a, a sort of a, a, a love uh, type sensation that happens in my, my body and a, a sort of, a, a, I guess, a rush of <laughs> pleasant recognition. Mm. I don't know, what is that? But it's probably biochemical as well as... Uh, Maybe some endorphins or something yeah. like that whenever you meet a friend. So you're, yeah. Yeah, so it's very much that. And then if you think about it in the way that um to going back to our other common thread which is through nature connection or deep nature connection and the age heals and mentoring world mm-hmm. a lot of those connection practices they they talk about the way the sam bushman talk about it which is about threads of connection that when you relate to something and it could be another person or, another, or a plant when you pay attention or you eat it or you have any sort of interaction with it, there's a, a, an energetic thread between you two. And that the next time you build on that and, and build on that, and each time you add a thread and, and so you're building a rope of connection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how I experience it. So the more interactions I have with a particular plant, not necessarily that same plant in that same place, but one of that species, but, mm-hmm. but that can definitely be part of it that it is I build that connection through a particular plant in a particular place. Mm-hmm. 
that rope extends to other plants of the same species in other places so mm. come somewhere else and go oh here you are again mm-hmm. and, and because that rope just flows it's there and it's it's I guess it's a heart based mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. the rope flows from my heart to don't know <laughs> somewhere in the in the plant they have one one particular organ I love the idea of communicating with the other than human world and yet being brought up in, you know, the Western culture, the culture that, you know, it, it's as though we humans are the only sentient beings in, in the way that I was raised. You know, we don't see and are not taught to see other plants and animals as beings that you can have a relationship with. And so the idea of it for many years for me was, well, I was always curious, which is why I'm where I am now. But I also had, I came from a sort of activist background. It was quite sceptical, I guess, of, you know, hippie-ish stuff where people talked about energies and things. And obviously it's not where I'm at now, but because I'm still and only just learning to open up to um, communication that I feel comes from more than just myself um you know it's taken a long time to get here and I just wonder how do we get on in our society when all of that potential is available and open to us and yet so many people most people I would say in 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 the western world are completely cut off from that opportunity that potential that that ability to relate it's like a skill isn't it it's it's like something I'm, I'm imagining we all have that potential as humans we all have the potential to build relationships with other beings but a lot of people many people won't have the awareness that that is a possibility and we certainly don't have like the teachings the the practices that we don't know what they are how to do that and so I'm curious of like how did you get into it and what what were the first things that you did that enabled you to see or feel that this was a thing um I've been into it my whole life and the curiosity has been there but like many people I got sidetracked into the how general society does things in the world that I live in which is uh you go to school education's all left brain there's there's no uh, I think yeah, there was a little bit of drawing at one point, but that was about it. Um, yeah, we just get educated into uh, left brain thinking. Yeah, rational left brain thinking only. And so I heard somewhere say that that it's around the age of six or six to eight somewhere that, that children when they're born they still have um, all senses open, all abilities to experience things on all levels are still accessible to them and and they have imaginary friends and uh yeah would happily talk to trees and flowers and all of that's still going on and then at some point unless uh they're guided through it by about that age then something switches off and then they're in the left brain school system anyway and then it's education for job and all of that so it's partly our western culture that prevents it so for me but partly being menopausal really helped because actually mm-hmm. um, what I found is just like when I was pregnant is that the brain just stops functioning. And it's like you have a load of cotton wool in your brain. So I've, I found myself teaching a teach permaculture and 
and just words wouldn't come and facts were not available. And so all of that side wasn't really working. And what happened instead is what did work was the, the whole right brain intuitive feeling side as I became much more open and uh, able to, to sense how people were sort of whole empathic thing went wide open and feeling into myself and where I was and how I was and all of that. So, so th- that's a really key part of it. I think in this society, we're, we're just not encouraged to, to sense things, mm. but it, it literally comes through our literal direct senses. But when you stick all those together, uh, something else opens up mm-hmm. like a, and, and John Young from the Itchels talks about it as, as feather worms. These, these worms that live at the bottom of the sea and they're in this little cocoon thing. And when it's safe, the sort of feathery tentacles come out and feeling into the ocean and picking up whatever is floating by. But when a predator comes by, they sort of pull all those tentacles back into their little shell. Uh, and so they're, they can't be sensing their local environment. Yeah, it's partly the, the menopausal thing, partly also that whole nature connection, teaching of sit spots and sense meditations and all those practices, the, the core routines, as he calls them, that are mm-hmm. all designed to help us to to allow the, the shield to drop and the feather worms to come back out so we can actually mm. sense what's going on in the field, the, the energy of all the people that are around us. And we, you, you could talk about some people haven't got it we we have all got it it was just it's it's been bred out of us or, or discouraged or we, we've shut down but but everybody knows the experiences of walking into a room and and hackles going up and or, or when mm-hmm. somebody's angry that they they shrink you know it's it's mm-hmm. that's the, the field the energy in the room it's just being more conscious of it and, and applying it and so opening mm-hmm. yourself up to to feeling how is it now in this moment inside of me and outside of me it's it's part of that practice so yeah there's a couple of ways so what do you think that are the benefits of building relationships to plants because you know we we get the food whether we connect with it or not we get the food we eat we could probably receive the nutritional benefit from food mm-hmm. without without knowing what it's doing to us and you know we have medicines that are available on the shelf and you know we're not in the times or lifestyle where you know it's really crucial to be able to communicate with plants but what can we be what can you know and I guess you know I could propose some some suggestions but I'm curious um you know why would someone want to start putting energy and time into this now because it's quite it's like, I guess, a friendship that you have to tend. It's not something that just comes overnight. So it's quite a lot of work to relearn or build a skill like this. It is, but it, but I'm definitely uh, hugely benefiting from that uh, effort. Um, and, and being somebody who many, many years ago uh, experienced depression, I was postnatally depressed. My kids are 30 now, so ish. Um, it's it's a a most perfect way of without being able to relate to people to at least to to relate uh, and so gardening was my thing that that just got me outside which is a wonderful thing and getting to know other beings and tending 
looking, you know, when, when I was hardly able to look after myself to still look after a something. And and it's something that pulls you along because once you've put the seed in, you have to tend to the seedling and you have to look, you know, and then you have to plant it out. And, and as soon as the seed's planted, the clock is ticking in terms of you've made a commitment. Um, and, and that draws you, pulls you along into, into this vibrancy of life, you know, the miracle of life that comes um that, that you can see in the in the in the plant in 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 one year life cycle that it would take us a lifetime to get our heads around um mm. it's such a, a amazing thing to see the growth and development and transformation that happens in in just one being let alone whole garden full um but there's the other thing about you say you know you know we we know about plants and herbs and they do certain things and that's the whole sort of biochemical they have constituents uh, made of particular chemical compounds and when that particular one goes in here and it relates to a particular receptor in one of my cells then this thing happens uh, and what I'm learning and, and that's also true uh, but it's not the whole story and and what I'm learning from some of the indigenous uh, ways is they they just don't get the way we do things, and that the and I've heard this from several different, widely different directions that healing will only take place when the connection with the plant has been previously made. Um, so so the most effective healing would happen if a medicine person would previously pray to that plant being spirit whatever you want to call it uh, way before they go and pick it and then they pick it with gratitudes and offerings and intention and sing songs for the and, and tell this plant what it's going to be asking it what could it help with this person this illness and then a whole particular you know it, and, and that you stay as a medicine person with uh with that intention so you need to be really clear and your stuff needs to be out of the way so that you can fully focus on the intention for the person that you're carrying, um, gathering the medicine and creating, preparing the medicine mm. for. And and in their opinion, he full full healing won't take place. So and so so and this is part of the mystery of our um, medical her or herbalism for me and healing plants. It's way more than the biochemical constituents interacting with your biological body. It's a mind, body, spirit, um, emotion thing. Shifts happen mm -hmm. that are way beyond that just biochemical thing. Um, and so, um, yeah, that, that, that's part of the, the miracle mm -hmm. of um, what I'm, I'm sort of trying to discover of how all this works um and it's a uh yeah it's it's a it, it'll be going ongoing <laughs> for quite a while yeah mm. uh, but, but there's many personally pieces that are, are part of that and and yeah i think there needs to be a connection to be able to appeal to that plant mm. for it to be able to help and so healing might happen a physical change might happen for a person but they might still be stuck in the thing mm -hmm. that made them ill in the first place. Mm -hmm. And and I think what plants do in some miraculous way is also help shift something on a on a soul level. Mm. For me, it seems as though it's about the interconnectedness 
that we have to everything. You know, you can't just work out that nettle is good for cleaning the blood, boosting your iron, doing whatever else nettle does, and then make medicine, put it on the shelf, and then it can be the same for everybody that they just take that down no matter what. Maybe that can be, but it's also about having a particular relationship to what's going on in your body and then what's out there in terms of healing plants and and being able to have a relationship whilst that thing is occurring the healing or whatever it's doing which is so different to chucking a paracetamol down you when you're on the move rushing out the door trying to keep up with everything and I think for me this is just highlighting more and more how our way of life is just so damaging generally you know the way that we try and fit so much in the way that we try to keep up all the time with I don't know what we're trying to keep up with but trying to keep up with all the many things partly because we've got so many fabulous opportunities to do things that's my problem is I'm always wanting to do this that and the next thing meet people meet my children's friends go out teach courses do walk spend time on my own spend time with my partner visit my family you know we're all trying to do everything and we don't all live on the land anymore and we don't all live close to the people that we love so travel and all of those things take over and then when you talk about this about you know having a relationship to a plant having you know time to listen to really pay attention to build the relationship to know what's going on or that something's going on in your body because so often we overlook things we just you know we just take another painkiller and ignore ignore the things that are happening and all of that is is very very normal isn't it it's all very normal to just ignore push away move fast and live and so I imagine when you start having a relationship with plants it completely changes your outlook on the way we live is that is that true or does it have to be like that or can it be different um it's whatever it is at your particular life stage I guess um you know I've I've gardened all my life but I've had long periods of many years of uh, I'm really good at cramming my life full of things uh really really good or was um and I'm I'm less interested now and and recently because uh I took myself off on a a herbal apprenticeship on a Scottish island for um, nearly two months part of that was to do a bit of a digital detox Mm. and I got the relief when uh, I got so swept away by um, there's so many emails and there's so many mm. rabbit holes that, that they said, you know, the scattiness of the brain, it finally calmed down. And it, that within a week, it, it was just a, a whole different thing, um, which has made me unsubscribe from as many emails as I possibly could. Just so, because I have to keep up, you know, I have to know what everyone's doing. Uh, actually, I don't anymore. You know, I, I, I love you all, those of you who have just unsubscribed from, but um, I won't be keeping track of your lives anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just, there's so much information that I'm never going to do it all anyway. Mm. Um, but but the plant connection for me, you know, it could be as small and or as or as big as you need it to be. Gardening for me is, has been an urge all my life and there's been a godsend at times when I, I couldn't quite relate to other people as well. Um, at least I, I had something that, that excited me and that I cared for and that gave me joy and... Um, and to, to, to look after something, to grow one thing that you 
tends to look after and uh, and then harvest and eat is the most nutritious food that you can be eating because you're eating care and love. Mm. Uh, so on the, on the smallest level, I think to some extent, I'd, anybody can sprite seeds on their windowsill and, and experience some of that of I'm looking after this, these things that were just hard little round things that are all of a sudden exploding into life, which is about as nutritious as you're going to get it mm-hmm. at that point. And then taking that into your body. And it, it means, actually, I care. I care for myself. I care for these things. And I care enough for myself to ingest that. And I think that's fundamentally one of those things that is not working so well in this society is as actually acknowledging that, that we're okay and, and we deserve looking after, mm. even by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, loving ourselves is quite a, a radical thing that, that if you're too plugged into the whole media bonanza that um, it's not what the message is out there you're not good enough and you need all this stuff and you need to look like this you need to have that and so we're, we're never good enough that, mm-hmm. that is the general message out there yeah mm. it makes me remember actually <laughs> so one of my I did a quest um, a 48 hour quest in the north of Scotland and I had this really strange experience with a tree and it was at a time when I was really longing for a partnership like I wasn't with the father of my children anymore I was in this space I didn't want to be like jumping straight into a new relationship but there was part of me that was just longing for connection and I just had this moment where this voice, it was a voice in this situation. And I don't think a voice has actually come in any other times. But this moment, oh, I can't believe I'm sharing this actually, but I will share it because it, it's beautiful. Um, where I heard, but I love you, Leona. And I was just like, where is that coming from? What was that? Who was that? And I looked around and... And then right in front of me, because I at the time I'd been in this sort of wide angle vision in the eight shields, we call it owl eyes. And, and I was barefoot and I'd been sensing all the far away sounds and the close sounds. I was in this space of deep open awareness and I'd been in that space, sort of meditative state for a couple of hours. And I'd been watching the thoughts pass. And this was one of the thoughts that I noticed once I went back to go, what was what was I thinking or what was going on before I had this communication? But I love you, Leona. And it was a tree right in front of me, like 100 metres away. And I, I could just see, you know, I knew it was that. And I had this moment of like, I just felt completely at one with everything. My body was vibrating. It was really intense. And and I just sort of relaxed and just felt, oh, actually, I'm okay. I'm held. I am loved. I'm loved by, you know, so many, but also by these other beings that are also here and part of my life. And, um, yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah, I just thought I would share that because, yeah. you know, that's that feeling that we are alone or not alone is is quite big isn't it it's what brings us a lot of us into a state of better or or worse mental health often really do we belong does anybody love me am I here with a purpose who you know who's going to know if I ever go 
And I feel like, you know, that my relationship to the natural world has been one that has supported me. So it's not been so clear as direct communication from individual plants and that definitely not medicinal plants. My, my connection is not that strong yet, I'd say, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's felt sense of, in fact, it was Annie Spencer who said the term to me, other than human beings or the, the non-human others. And, something just clicked in my mind because all of my life they'd been it's the 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 plants the trees they were it's they weren't who or they or you know and it's it's obviously not like I don't know it's not obvious anything but (laughs) um yeah just knowing that when I went for a walk after hearing that term I went for a walk on my own and that was the time when I really realized that I'm not alone even when I'm not around humans. And that was really precious and special. And from then on, I've never really looked back. So I hope people who are listening to this have some, you know, find some sense of that. And what you were saying about gardening, that's really big, actually, now that you've said it. So of course, many people will have relationships. They might not call them that, but so many people do garden with that for, with that same need being fulfilled that yeah. that sort of sense of having your your hands in the earth and tending something beautiful or something you know necessary if it's food and um and actually sort of being there getting nourished by all of the natural environment and i i'm i wonder if many people will have good thoughts in those places or thoughts that are useful thoughts that help them sort out what's going on in different relationships their human you know work life or you know family life in those places and that they maybe think that that those thoughts are coming from them but maybe maybe what's happening is that they're having um thoughts coming through from plants that they're working with what do you think do you think it matters do we need to know if those if that inspiration that clarity that clarity of thought comes from within and with from ourselves or from another being and is there a difference I think that there's a connection um but it it gets even more complicated I think going back a step I want to just say that so much of this is about education so one some of my earlier plant teachers uh, was a guy actually called Frank Cook who's sadly not with us but he was an amazing inspiring guy Um, he talked about uh, when we're learning plants like who is this not what is this Mm. and and that was a shift so there are some really simple ways that we can educate uh, our fellow human beings and children into seeing the other than humans as other than humans rather than us and lots of it's so i think that's a, a critical one but in terms of that that direct message um yeah it gets more complicated in as much as it there's definitely when you when you're with your left brain trying to think something through and then you you just have a break and you do something completely different especially go out in nature inspiration might come when the, when the pressure drops and you, your left brain stops working your your right brain becomes available through the senses and 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 the the music of the birds and the the smells and the the beauty of the flowers and all of those things mm-hmm. so it might be that there's a particular plant that then inspires a solution to whatever it is that you're thinking about um but 
the other thing I'm learning is that behind those plants are other connections, other beings potentially. So for example, right now I'm I'm working again with St. John's Ward as a sort of immune and nervous system thing for a particular thing that I wanted to shift uh, and it did. But it St. John's Ward is a plant that uh, is known to flower on the solstice, summer solstice, so 21st of June, St. John's Day, and if you look at the flowers, it is, so it's all about sun and light and brightness. And so, so bringing some light into your being to, to help see things slightly differently, perhaps, or to shift the energetics of your body, whatever it is. But behind that sits somebody at some point assigned the name to a saint. Now, what is the saint anyway? I was brought up a Catholic. I'm not a Catholic now, but I know there have been people around that had more, uh, say, positive <laughs> positivity around them is in the simplest possible way uh, mm-hmm. that, that they used to call saints um, that, that had a lot to give. And so there are associations between some plants and some beings, if mm-hmm. you like, that have lived once lived. And if you have any sort of belief in uh, other dimensions and worlds or, or, or whatever, then, then um, there is no beginning and end you know these these energies there is no time or time is circular and and so these somewhere these these energies of those beings also still exist so um so you might be standing in front of a st john's flower st john's wood flower and and yet it's the the archetypal energy of that saint through that flower through the 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 in the planetary connections through the the sun in this case uh, the energy of what that represents that is coming through all of those things together so it's a whole it's a whole matrix potentially and that's just when you're with that that one when you think it's coming from that one but but then when you're out in nature you know it's a whole nothing nothing is unconnected you know we we live we live in a web worldwide web um, it so so it's actually the constellation that you're in uh, plus plus your past and everything that happened up until that moment that all come together in that moment to give you the perspective within that set of circumstances and the energy of those particular trees that you have to, you know, it's who knows what the fungi are doing about it that you're walking upon. You know, there's just, um, Mm. it's, it's slightly unfathomable in a way, other than we are one within a, a web of life uh, and any change that we make affects the web, and any change the web makes affects us. So, uh, if we if we send out an impulse to the web of something's not quite right, or I need a bit, and there's a gap opens, and maybe something flows through that web, and who knows how many threads mm-hmm. fall into that. So, yeah, not a simple answer, I'm afraid. But um, no, but that's the that's the that's where the juice is, isn't it? It's that interconnectedness. It's that knowing that what we do. You know, like just like, well, I'm sure you've done that activity where you're in a circle and everyone's got a piece of string mm-hmm. and it goes crisscross, crisscross, crisscross across the circle. And just when one string gets pulled, it changes everywhere else the 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 shape of the web. Or when one gets dropped, it all you know it all changes and means that some people are further out than than that. And that that's exactly 
it's not exactly, but I guess that's quite a nice sort of uh, visual metaphor for for our impact of what's going on. And somewhere in there is that great potential that we have to to learn more about that and deepen our awareness of that. But it is complex, isn't it? It's yeah. massive. And and that exercise, which we always teach on permaculture courses, to bring the idea of of ecology to people is is a way of actually making that visible mm-hmm. and, and tangible literally they're holding in their hands the threads mm. that are connecting and and when somebody exactly as you say mm. when something changes in one place then then it affects the whole web mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a beautiful way of of beginning to make that real somehow because it is invisible or unseen and it it makes me feel like i wonder you know, plants, they don't think in the way that we think. And I've been told that, you know, spirit, spirit energy doesn't have compassion in the way that humans might have compassion. They don't, not not that they're not kind or, you know, might not do good things, but it's not like they feel sorry or have those human emotions, those named human emotions. They have functions and they respond and they, they, exist within the circumstances around them they're not making stories in the way that humans make about I shouldn't have done that or that was the wrong thing it's it's not that but that there is a reactivity um, to what's around and I now feel recognized in certain places that I go like my sit spot I feel seen and and welcome and it's something that when I first tried to feel it, I felt like I was making it up. You know, I felt like I was sort of, I really wanted to have that set, you know, that, that direct communication. It sort of makes you feel special whenever you you know that um, you're being communicated with, but, but it's definitely there now, that sense of when I go to certain places that I feel welcome and that might be, easier for me with trees than than with particular plants but I'd love to know if there was somebody who had never really consciously chosen to work with plants and they wanted to start working with plants what would you suggest how would you suggest someone would go about it or is there and are there plants that are you know leaping out at us and what really wanting to connect what would that look like um, I think in, in classic permaculture terms, the, the principle of it depends. Hmm. It's all about context. So if uh, somebody lives in a flat, uh, it's going to be a bit more tricky. So they're probably not going to be gardening, for example, unless mm-hmm. that appeals. It, it's 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 w- trying to do the thing that, that you feel you want to do. Don't to not force it is, is number one rule. But if, they, if gardening is a real interest, then find a community garden or an allotment where you can at least tend to a square metre or, or somebody's garden where they can't keep up with it and you can help out. Or mm-hmm. um, so, so gardening is a good way because, because you can tend. But then there's the, all the wild plants. And even if you live in, a, in the middle of the city, you, there, there will be wild plants that push themselves up through the cracks in the pavement. Uh, and there's parks and there's edges. and there's So... There's not there. Is there a particular plant? Is which particular plant can you see a lot in your area, or mm-hmm. which plant is drawing your attention mm-hmm. nearest to your home uh, that you can follow? And and it's just one of the beauties that I find about 
learning about plants, whether to grow them or to forage and learn the wild plants, is to see how they change, to begin to understand their life cycle. And this is all of this is a long term commitment, basically. So as ideally, you want to see a plant through uh, from seed to to seed. Obviously, for trees, that happens on <laughs> a much larger timescale. So the small weeds are ideal for getting to know a plant and, and seeing the next day when you walk past, how is it different now? And is that flower that yesterday was budded, is it now open? And, and when is it open? Is it open when it rains or only when it's sunny? Or uh, how long is it flower for? Or and, and just asking ourselves curiosity questions about a particular plant that you can see a lot, that you can track along each time you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might be on the way to the bus or it might be um yeah a, a particular route to a shop or, or wh- wherever it is that there's something that might entice your curiosity I think cur- curiosity is the, mm-hmm. the, the a key driver do you think it's a, a help or a hindrance to know the sort of biology and facts about a plant or um, you know the I, properties it, you don't I, it, it could be a hindrance to start with so the apprenticeship I've just been on was one of the strands within it was to do Goethean science observation and a whole sort of series of steps about how Goethe, who had lived a couple of hundred years ago, who was a, a polymath, uh, he, he wrote plays, but also he was a scientist. And so he had both sides of the brain still operating. And, and for him, science was about what he could observe with his body, which is... Uh, still valid I think I think we've sort of slightly further away so his method is all about not knowing to start with but just uh, observing what what you can see without the facts or the facts are the things that you can observe mm-hmm. um, so first of all it's is where does it grow and, and what does it feel like where it is and what's that plant feel like in itself uh, to you what sort of plant does it feel like um, and then beginning to collect the data of it's got so many leaves and, and they grow from one point or they grow on a stem or it has flowers or it doesn't have flowers or, or, or they're this colour. or and, and just being data collector and mm-hmm. not, not knowing anything until or not looking anything up until much later. In a way, it gets, it gets in the way mm-hmm. because you make propositions, you know, so you're making assumptions mm-hmm. because of the things that you know rather than trying to come at it with a child's mind and mm-hmm. be completely open to what you see mm-hmm. and then later sort of look things up yeah when you're really curious and if you're sitting with a plant and you're having thoughts how do we track you know I, I, earlier on in the conversation you said that you sort of get a shudder whenever you know that you're sort of in communication that there's something going on how you're in relationship this sort of channels opened um is that something that you know others might get is there a difference between you know if you're if you're trying to connect with a plant and you really want to have that relationship is there a point at which you know that this is external and not internal I suppose we talked about this before, but it's that thing for me. That's the question I, I, I keep having. I keep always, well, I've always had, and I have my, I get a shudder as well, actually. I sort of, well, it's not like a, it's more like a, like a shiver. Maybe it's, maybe it's the same thing. There's a, like a, 
um, you know, like what they say, someone's walking over your grave. It's like, ah, um, that's one thing that happens for me. I think it's it's partly to do with uh, self-awareness. So part of the, the job here is uh, you could call it self-tracking. So being aware of your thoughts, being aware of your body, knowing when you're on one, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're down into one of your own spirals uh, and when you're just being in observation mode. Mm. Uh, and that's the difference. So when you're saying trying and want to, that sounds quite pushy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and and I think what communication is more about is uh, receiving. Mm. So I think it's about calming yourself. And and I think when when I know is it's when when it's the unexpected. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of that. Rather than okay, I'll try this. I want this. Mm. Um, is it this? Is it this? You know. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've 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 also wanted that for many years and it's partly being able to be calmer and and less expectant as actually given more it's the noticing isn't it noticing is such a big thing that self-awareness the awareness of your physical yeah when you said that it's like oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah it's the self-awareness because without that without really knowing our bodies without having that real felt sense of each part of our body even then we're not going to be able to notice when we're having communications from anything let alone you know never mind even humans but so many people don't listen to to each other never mind anything else so listening 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 feels to me like the skill we need to move into in order to function more fully in our human potential as we move forwards in this transition time whatever it is that we're coming to. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that, that feels really important is because everything feels so critical right now, you know, everything's hotting up and literally, um, and, and are we going to make it in time? And all of that pressure puts us all into that heightened nervous system state. And really, uh, I can't remember how it's said and who said it, but something about in an emergency, actually slow down. Mm. And, and that's that's what we need to do to, to be able to listen, to be able to receive. Mm-hmm. To, to, the plants vibrate at a different level than us in a, a high, tense state. Mm-hmm. So the first thing to do is to just um, stop, stop and breathe. Are there plants that help us do the slowing down, um, that want us it, to slow down? Oh, well, yes, and there's plants that work on the nervous system and, and, mm-hmm. and there's a whole range of so many that do so many things, but... One of my favourite activities that we did on, on this recent apprenticeship was to go for plants walk, plant walks, but to consciously, uh, and to go in a group, um, which is, you can exchange lots of information, but to consciously go, okay, we're, we're stepping into a walk now, we're stepping over a threshold. Let's call this moment here, this thing, this tree, this whatever, the threshold, and then to not speak. Mm-hmm. And then, and just to have a really slow wonder, and oh my god, oh the relief <laughs> mm-hmm. to not have that busy brain, but to just be s- slow enough so you can really stop and see and look and get the hand lens and look at them magnified. Mm. You can lose yourself in in a flower very happily with with one of those magnifying glasses. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, let's let's just all slow down a bit. <laughs> then that will allow us to to be more in communication mm-hmm. with all the unseen. Uh, and and so we we actually are open to receive the the guidance that we need. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. And that feels like you know we're coming to the end of our our talk now. But it's always the juiciest bits. By the time we get to the end, it's like oh yeah, it does feel like that is what's going on with a lot of people in the world right now. People are starting to I wake up and slow down. Maybe that's you know the the gift of the the lockdowns as much as it's brought all sorts of other unwanted um was that moment in time especially the first lockdown where everything did stop for the first time in our lifetimes everything slowed and stopped for most people and we were able to smell the flowers and listen to the birds and and actually take walks with our family you know any hours of the day and and actually pay more attention to our gardens. And the gift of that has seems to have opened up so many people to that better felt sense of being fully alive, which is what ultimately we want. And, and I really believe as we move forwards into whatever comes next, because we are in a time of transition, it has to do with us being much more in our sense sensory body much more in our our feeling body always knowing that we are part of something bigger than ourselves and that there is a greater intelligence or I don't mean greater in the sense of better but that there are other beings that want to live we all want to live and therefore if we if we listen and we work together we're going to find uh, a way forward that that helps us grow into the I don't know that these this the humans that that can actually thrive instead of just survive. Yeah, I love talking about plants, um, and actually, it's made me realise that I do know something about plants, <laughs> or I have had some. You know, I have more uh, uh, experience, I guess, and that has come from my slowing down and my sort of more. Uh, intentional desire to to open up to my senses but yeah it's been great to to, to explore and I, I love hearing the your stories of of things that we can do to to connect a little bit more are there in terms of the work that you're doing will you tell us just you know a little bit more about what your work is and and if people are interested in finding out more how they can get in touch with you um yeah so my my main area of work is is in permaculture teaching it and doing consultancy and um a, a key design i'm doing at the moment is about regenerative agriculture and working in my local climate action group to help persuade my local farmers to adopt regenerative practices um, so bringing more life more and locking in carbon and being negative rather than uh, emitting all of that malarkey um but in terms of of this uh plant work um i'm i'm on a many years path of of studying more uh, and it, it's heading towards herbalism but i also don't want to be a, a herbalist so um i do yeah walks and the, i think my favorite thing would be to work with people on a healing level in the garden and uh, and getting getting to to engage direct but also receive remedies in the garden direct mm. yeah I don't know quite how to say that 
Um, so it's it's all evolving for me, but it, uh, I I'd love to share ways of connecting with plants, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't have a hey uh, sign up here do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, well that's great. And um, you have a website. It's Claudia with a K. dot co. dot uk. Uh-huh. Nice, simple, beautiful. Um, yeah, and I, I guess um, is there anything you'd like to share or um, to to get in before we finish today? Yeah, I feel what what's been missing, and and I'm slightly um, out of practice because I haven't been working or having meetings for for the last couple of months. But is I just want to mention the children's fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a thing that I'm I'm very committed to, have been for a long time, and bringing. Um, if I wasn't in not in my own house, I would have brought a candle and lit it at the beginning of our, our meeting just to to bring in the awareness of the future generations and just to say that. That in in my opinion, the way have been calling them into meetings and that awareness that everything we do and speak and decide is for the for the good of the children of many generations to come. That actually it's become so strong that I'm I'm calling them in those future beings from from um, a thriving future to help mm. guide us. With that sort of time being in a spiral thing, um, I totally. Uh, yeah, I'm aligned to that. So just to to say that and to add a, a request to them that they also guide this conversation mm. uh, in hindsight and that whatever comes from this will benefit them, that we create mm. that world where they can thrive. That's amazing. Thank you. And absolutely, it's got to be about the future generations and the healing of our ancestors and and that sort of non-linear strange time thing that goes on whenever we hold that awareness of all of those connections so thanks for bringing that in and thank you for this inspiring conversation um yeah it's been really nice to connect with you and um and hear your wisdom and being reminded keep being reminded it's not about striving it's not about trying it's not it's not about yeah rushing around to acquire another skill it's about being and um yeah slowing down and uh that is definitely my lesson of the moment so thanks so much claudia you're welcome thank you for having me you so much for listening to this podcast i hope it inspires you to follow your path of deep connection i love sharing this information so much and i'll always share any relevant links in my show notes if you like the show please consider supporting it at patreon.com forward slash connection matters podcast this is where you'll find bonus episodes giveaways and behind the scenes content from me as well as having my huge heartfelt thanks for any support that you can give It really helps with the viability of the show. You can get most of what will be on offer for as little as £3 per month. Please also subscribe on whatever app you use by clicking that little subscribe button below. That way you'll get all of the upcoming episodes straight into your device. And please leave a review on iTunes. It's so helpful to our ratings. The music that opens and closes the show is actually by my very own dad, Ray Johnson. Thanks, Dad. And you can hear more of his music at soundcloud.com.
forward slash vision ray.